So uh, you, you, uh, I suspected a number of us that there was this certain rituals we had when a birthday came as a child. You know, we would, would uh, mom, maybe your mom would say, okay, what do you want? What's your favorite meal? And, and so you'd say, what's your favorite meal? And all the other kids would groan, but it was your meal, so, so they all had to endure it. And, and, and then they, maybe they would say, you know, what would you like? Would you like to have a cake or... Or, uh, you know, what would you like to have for dessert? And, and so that, that was in the plans. And then in a lot of families, then from there, at some point during the day, part of the ritual was your, your mom or your dad would take you over to uh, this wall or maybe on, on a door frame, and they'd lean you up against it, and they'd pull out that ruler, and they'd mark the line, and they'd put a date, and, and, there, and then you'd step back and you'd say, Wow, you've grown, and we would measure that, you know, and, and around 13 to 15, you know, suddenly that line jumped about a foot in one year, and, and your dad would groan because he meant, that meant he had to buy the clothes, and, but, you know, as part of that ritual, you know, how tall, and as we, as we walk through that, it was exciting to see the growth, uh, we certainly hope that that wasn't just all physical growth, that there was maturity that was coming uh, with that growth. And, and you know, so, so that's just part of it. And we knew, you know, there are certain things we were told that were part of it. If that was going to, if we were going to stay healthy, we're going to have to eat right. Uh, we we're going to have to do some exercise and there was going to have to be things that we would do to help develop our, our mental faculties as well. And that's just all part of healthy requirements, healthy growing. And, and uh, so we know that when it comes to the, the physical body. We may not always appreciate that, but we know that. But what about the church? How do you measure church? How do we know if we're on the right track? If, we, if we're, we're doing the kind of things that keep us healthy, that help us mature as a church whole, but as individuals, how, how do you know, you know how to measure that? What, what does it mean? What is the right food? What's the, how do we exercise? What's involved with that? And, and what has God had, what's his anticipation of us as we grow in, in both mentally and spiritually in that process. And, and that's kind of what we've been walking through in this series. And, and for some of you, you were around a year ago, and, and we walked through these values, and uh, we spent uh, more weeks, uh, we spent eight to ten weeks on this, just really thinking this through. But it's important to revisit this. And I'll, and I'll share with you why a little, way, little later in this message. But it's really important to revisit and say, okay, What's, what are the basics? And that's what this series is titled. What's, what are the basics that should be a part of every church if it's going to stay healthy, if it's going to stay on track, if it's going to keep doing the things that God can bless uh, as a result? So that's what we've been working through together. Now, one of the analogies, and that's why using that analogy of physical growth is not a, a bad direction to start, because one of the analogies the Scripture uses, especially Paul as he writes the New Testament, is the analogy of a body. He, he talks about the church, and here he's talking about church. In fact, we're going to come back to this passage uh, in a couple of weeks. He says, uh, here's the church. You are the body of Christ, uh, and each of you is a part of it. And what he means by that, he's talking to the Corinth church, and he says, when you made that decision to accept that gift of forgiveness that, that God offered, the relationship with God had been broken. And and I will tell you, if, if you're here today and... and uh, you, you're not in that relationship. You're here, so maybe you're at least interested. And, but, but one thing you do know is there's this empty spot in you, and nothing seems to fill it. And you've been chasing for something to fill the void. Well, the Word of God says that that void was created by God. And C.S. Lewis said it was a God-shaped void. 
It's you. You want relationship with him because that's the way it's supposed to be. And, and he wants relationship with you. He loves you. His, his heart desire is to, for you to be a part of his body, of his family. And, and so maybe that's something you ought to really think about because it's where his heart is for you. So Paul says these people made that decision and became a part of the body of Christ. They accepted that forgiveness because it was sin that broke the relationship. And God says, I'm offering forgiveness. No strings attached, a gift to you. And they accepted that gift. He says, so now you're part of this body. So using uh, uh, analogy, using terminology like what, what causes us to have health and grow and mature and it is really good conversation to have. And, and we'll come back to that more and explore that to more in the, in the days ahead. But so True North, that's the question. What, what should be a part of our core values of what we're made of in order to so that we can stay healthy because it's really easy to, to get off track. And so I want to do a little exploring. And a couple of these are, are passages that we've talked about before, but I'm going to develop them a little different because I want to say, first of all, if you have your Bibles, your devices, go to Acts chapter 2. Uh, Acts chapter 2. And while you're getting there, let me remind you, I, I said this, I, I think, last week. The book of Acts is a record of the history of the beginning of the church and how it developed. And starting with Acts chapter 1, which is still has Christ on the scene. He's, he's already died. He's rose again. He spent uh, 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 over a little over a month with his followers. And then he's getting ready. He's going to go back to heaven. And right before he gets ready to go back to heaven, talking to his followers, he says, Now, as soon as I go back to be with my father, I want you to go into Jerusalem and wait because something really cool is just about to happen. And, and so they do. They obey and they go, and about 120 of them gather together in this room uh, in, in Jerusalem. And that night the church began. The first church was started. Baby church uh, was born. And, uh, and so that's what we see in Acts chapter 2. And so, so starting with baby church, we've got to ask the question, okay, here's a brand new church. And as these people, they're taught by the, the apostles themselves. We'll see that in a moment. So as the apostles are talking to them and saying, all right, as we start right now, baby steps, as we, as we begin, what needs to be a part of who we are so that we can grow healthy? And, and so that's what we have recorded in this passage in this, as this church began. And, and you'll see there's some things that, that it says they were devoted to. Uh, first of all, they were devoted to listening to the apostles. We would call that today our, the Word of God because that's what it is. The, the, the Word of God, the, the New Testament portion of the Word of God is written to us, for us, by the apostles, those individuals that God used to, to put his words down in Scripture so we could study it. And so they had it verbally and, and in letters, and so they were devoted to reading that and listening to what they said as they instructed them about how church is supposed to operate. What is it supposed to be doing? And, and here's some things that stood out to them. Number one, they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching one of the things they were told is fellowship. Uh, fellowship is, is, means common. They had, they had a reason to come together on a regular basis and, and have fellowship. Their reason was their, their joint relationship with God because of what Christ had done. And he said, that's a reason. You need to get together a lot. In fact, they, you'll find out in this passage, they were getting together daily because it was so important. And as this new baby church that, 
that they are in constantly encouraging and, and building into each other's lives and, and talking about the Word and learning from the Word. So fellowship was a huge part of it. They were devoted to prayer. You know, we, we have a small group. That doesn't mean that's all that's praying, but we have a small group that meets every Sunday morning at 1010, and they pray. They pray for what's going to take place in this service. They pray for uh, all of us as church family. They pray for some of the needs, and, and, and uh, you know what? There's more chairs in there if you want to be a part of that. But prayer should be a part of who we are, and it's not all that way, but it can be in our lives. But for them, prayer was a very important part. In fact, if you remember one of the stories, early on in the church, Peter got arrested, one of their apostles. <clears throat> and he's in prison, and, and, and it looks like he's going to die. And so they call together. They said, Let's, we've got to pray for Peter. And so they're praying for him. They're all together in this house, and they're praying for God to somehow intervene and save Peter's life, which he does in a miraculous way. And look it up. You can see it in the book of Acts, the story of how he does that. And in fact, they're praying so hard that when he actually gets, he, he, God releases him, an angel gets, releases him, and he's knocking on the door, and, and one of the girls goes and answers the door, and Peter's there. She shuts the door on him. She's so surprised. Uh, she goes back, and they say, who's there? Peter. Yeah, right. Their prayers had been answered, but they, that was a big part of who they were. Fellowship, praying. Uh, they were together. They, they were in unity. Because they were doing these things, studying and learning and thinking through it together and, and, and coming together, there was a unity. And, and unity is not, doesn't mean uh, that there's only one way of thinking and one way of dressing. It's, but it means those important things were, were something that they unified on, which is part of that is that as they studied the Word of God. They, they gave, and, and in that situation, they were involved in each other's lives, and, and, they, and they kept track because they knew each other well. It says they held everything in common. They had this sense that their possessions weren't their possessions. They didn't see it that way. They, they thought they saw everything they had as something God had given them, and they, and they held on to those things with open hands. And as needs would arise in their body and, and, or as a church or as they looked at, out to ministries, they, if they had to, they'd, they'd, get rid, they'd sell some of those things off because that wasn't what was important. What was important was, was what God was doing in them and through them. And so that was a big part. And, and here's the cool thing. So the, here's this group of folks that, that sincerely love each other. And they're growing together and excited about being together. And, and they're taking care of each other. And it is such a remarkable thing that there's this community around them that, that are watching this baby church. And they see this and they're, and they're saying, this is amazing. In fact, it says everybody, and obviously there's always exceptions, but they enjoyed the favor of all the people. And that's not people that were in the church. That's the people outside the church that were watching this group and saying, Man, something really cool is happening there. And then some of them said, you know what? I want to check this out. And then they would come, and, and a number of them came into that relationship with Christ because of what they saw happening in that baby church as it was taking its first steps and starting to grow up. And, and so that's what our core values are. You see those. If you look back, you'll see connecting, serving each other, giving, inviting. And, and their invitations, you know, uh, I hope that most invitations come by two ways. Number one, because you're so excited about what you see God doing in True North, but in your own life, that you, you can't help keep quiet. You got to tell other people and say, you got to, there's just some cool things happening. Or here's the other way that I hope most of it happens is somebody sit, finds out that you go to True North and they said, hey, 
I heard about that. Man, you got some, you got some good people. And wow, I can't believe the things that God's allowing you to do. And hey, could I come? That'd be fantastic. And that's what was happening in that early church, that baby church. But I want to tell you, it doesn't, you know, two things. I want to tell you a tale of two churches. Because one church started, started shaky, really. Uh, and and you, you kind of wondered. In fact, I'll share it. was a church, And Mary and I ministered in both these churches. There were, for 30 years, we were with a group called Village Missions that would send missionary pastors. And the reason they were called that was because we would go into churches that couldn't afford a pastor. And so we would raise support just like a missionary did and so that we could do that. And, and so this is one of the churches we ministered in. It's up in New York. It's in, in a, in a, it was in a town or an area called the Vly. Now, in case you don't know, in case you, there aren't French students around here, the Vly means the swamp. So my, my mission thought enough of me to send me to the swamp. So just so you have an idea. So, so we went to the Vly, New York. And here's the church. It was 100 years old. And it had been closed for years. Now, obviously, uh, even in that picture, and that's why it, it, the people in that community took really good care of that building, even though it had closed down, because that building held a, a significance to them. Uh, they had grandparents that had sacrificed to build that building, and, 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 and they had, had bought the, over the generations, had bought the furniture in it. And so, so even though church wasn't going on, they would go in there and they would polish the furniture and they'd clean this whole building. And, and then once in a while they would gather together and they'd have a prayer time and they would pray. What they would pray is, Lord, someday would you open the doors of this church again? And, and when they prayed, they would actually take a little offering. And, and, and after a while, after they would take off those offerings at those prayer meetings, to the point where when they thought they had enough money, then once in a while they would ask a pa- pastor to come and preach one Sunday, and they'd open the doors and come together, and, and he would preach, and they would, they would pay him. And, and so they'd been doing that for a period of time, and, and then they heard about Village Missions, and Village Missions, they asked for Village Missions to give them a pastor. And Mary Lou and I and our, our three kids at that point, Josh was born while we were there, we, we came to that church. And our first Sunday there, there were 15 people. Now, I've just told you that five of them are my own family. So that gives you an idea. And these folks hadn't been studying the Word of God. Uh, they had very little input. And they, and they didn't know how to do this body thing. Uh, that was all new stuff to them. And plus, it was up in New England. Those New England people, they're fiercely independent. You know, they kind of, I'll do my take care of me, you take care of you. And in fact, just to, just to show you, a couple of weeks after we were there, uh, there was a community college about, Oh, 10 miles away, and I was, was driving down. The library was down in that area, so I was going down to go to the library, and I was going by the road that comes out of the community college, and I, I hit the most inopportune time to do that because it was when the kids were getting let out of school. And, and when those kids got let out of school, it was just clear out. I didn't know this at the time, but it was stop, stay out of the way because they're coming. And uh, because I didn't know this and because I thought there was actually a rule called a right-of-way, and I was on that road, I just kept going, and, and one, of those, one of those kids plowed right into the side of our car. We only had one car, and he plowed in the side of it. and So I had to, it had to be towed to the shop, and, and it took two weeks for that car to, to be fixed. And I, I want you to know, we were way up in the sticks. It was a long ways to the nearest grocery store. And for two weeks, we had no vehicle, and nobody in that little church or community cared. We were on our own. You know, we were getting down to, to peanut butter and bread. It was, you know, when the car finally came back. 
But see, they hadn't had that opportunity to study the Word of God. And what was so cool is they began to study the Word of God as they began to hear what body life looked like and how to care for each other as believers. They started doing it. Wasn't they didn't want to, they just didn't know. And, and they began to grow. This baby church began to grow and, and take baby steps. And you know what happened as a result is, is people. And here's, here's the cool thing. That, that place was so up in the sticks. Uh, the first time the director of our mission came to visit us, he, he drove up from the main road to our house. You didn't see much of anything. It was all woods. And, you, and, and I remember he walked and he sat down at our table and he said, Paul, who did we send you up to to minister? There's nobody here. But but there was. They were just all out in the woods. And and, uh, and as those people began to understand and, and take those baby steps and began to understand what it meant to be a body of believers, the community started taking notice. And we started growing. And there was almost no parking area at all. So, so it wasn't too long until started to have to park on that street that's heading, the, that heading up to it. And, and, and down the road from that about church, about a block, there was a family that had just moved into town. They moved up from New York City. Uh, Henry and Marianne, they had three daughters. And uh, they didn't go to our church. Uh, Henry was a, a police officer, had been a police officer down in New York City. Uh, he had to retire on disability because he was chasing a bad guy about a year and a half prior to that. And this guy ran into an abandoned apartment building, and so he chased him in there, and this guy kept going up steps and up steps, and there came a point where he ran across this floor. The bad guy did, he, and Henry chased him across the floor, and about halfway across the floor gave in. And he fell through it and fell through four stories before he finally came to stop, and, and by the time he stopped, he had a broken back. And so he had to retire, and that's why they moved up in that area. And, and Henry had a routine Sunday mornings. Henry wasn't a believer, uh, and... Uh, in fact, he may have been a little mad at God at that point because his life had taken a number of pretty rough turns. But Henry's routine on Sunday morning was he, he would get up, get the coffee going, and then walk out to his mailbox, get his paper, and go back and read, read the paper. Uh, and one morning, Henry went out, and this is probably maybe six months after we'd been there. He went out, and he looked down towards that little church, and he noticed that there were cars parked on the road heading up towards his house. And he thought, hmm. And a couple weeks later, he went out, and, and they were closer to his house. And then one day, one Sunday, he went out, and they were in front of his house. And he got his paper, and he went back in, and he said to his wife, Marianne, I says, Marianne, I don't know what's going on in that little church down there, but I aim to find out next Sunday. And, and Henry came down to our little church. And that morning, he heard how much God loved him. And before the service was over, Henry joined not the church, that little building, but the family of God. He, he responded to that message of God's love. And the next Sunday, he brought his wife and his three daughters, and it wasn't too long until they also made that decision. See, that's what happens. And here's this baby church taking those baby steps, and, and because their, their focus was on the right things, God was doing amazing, amazing things. And the day came when I had to go to two services, and, and it's still going strong years later. Here's another church that Mary Lou and I went to. When we went to that church, it was already established to a point. It had 30 people, uh, twice as much as, as the first church. Uh, and a friend of mine had actually planted the church, and I, and I followed him there. And, and uh, at the time, we were meeting in the back of a post office, uh, this room that we rented from uh, a group. And, and uh, so wasn't ideal, but, but again, God, we began to study the Word of God together, and, and, 
and God began to cause just a real excitement and enthusiasm, and pretty soon we couldn't fit there, and so we had to move into this community center, and, 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 and folks were inviting, because of the love and the things they saw happening, folks were inviting friends, and, and man, it was just amazing, and, and the day came, we had to buy property, and we built this building, and, and it's just so exciting, and you know, there's a problem with teenage years. You know, when I was when I was uh, uh, in 10th grade, when I became a, I was a sophomore, I can remember my dad, you know, I was all excited. I'm a 10th grader now. You know, I'm not a freshman anymore. I'm an upperclassman, or at least almost. And I, so I remember, you know, I was real excited about that. My dad, my dad who, who loved to burst those bubbles sometimes, says, you know what a sophomore is, right? And I said, yeah, he's a 10th grader. I'm a 10th grader. I'm not a freshman anymore. He says, no, you know what the word means, don't you? I said, no. He said, it means wise fool. Uh, you know, and I said, well, what does that mean? He says, it means you think you know everything, but you're really not to, you're pretty foolish. And, and that's what, it can, that happens, in, it can happen in the church. And so, so here we are as a church, and we're about 13 years old, and, and uh, you know, we're, we're, we're ha- we've gone to two services in that building, and we're already busting things out, and, and uh, having to add on, and God's doing some amazing thing, and I still remember the conversation to this day. There's one night we met, the leaders met, and, and the elders, and we thought that night, we decided that we knew a little better how to do church than God did. And I can remember the conversation. It went something like this. You know, I've uh, been reading this book, and, you know, when a church gets to be a certain size, they, they need to change the way they do things. They, they need to start operating like a business. I remember the discussion. Corporation, one of the elders looked at me and says, Paul, you need to start seeing yourself not as a pastor, but as the CEO, as a president. Might as well start a mark in the days. Because as soon as we head to the direction and decided we knew more than God how to do church, people started going out the door. And in less than half the time that it took us to get there, where we were way less than half of what we were at that, that highlight of church. We're not smarter than God about these things. That's why this discussion is so important. What are those core things that we got to grab onto and say, we won't let go of these things? Now, by God's grace, that church, now it, it was years. We stayed another 10 years, and it never recovered. And I was part of that decision process. It never recovered while I was there from that. Even though, even though I, I recognized uh, we're doing this right, let's regroup, it's, we did the damage. The community, the, and by God's grace, it's starting to pull back out of that. But see, see, we're, we're not smarter than God. And so that's why looking at the Word of God and saying, what is it that makes and keeps church healthy is so important. And, you know, we talked about that last week. Here's the, here's the Acts Church, that church we were talking about. And, and now they're, they're at that point. They're just about 15 years, maybe 17 years old as a church. And they did the same thing, you know. They were growing and God was doing amazing things and, and, and Gentiles and Samaritans were even becoming believers and, and all of a sudden the leaders got together and said, okay, this is happening too fast. We can't control this. We've got to figure out a way to control. We've got to figure we've got to come up with some rules. Come up with some rules for that people have to follow if they're going to be a part of the church. And we know they need to accept Christ's gift of, of forgiveness, but, but here's some other things they need to do. And you remember and, and it could have been and by Satan's, if they'd followed his design, it would have been the time where things were destroyed. If it wasn't for the fact that a guy named Paul, 
who saw the saw man, this is wrong, stood up and say, wait a minute. We shouldn't we have no right to make it difficult for people to turn to God. And they got on track again. So that's danger. That is a constant danger that we remind ourselves on. And 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 if you ever you ever ever get an inclination that I'm not recognizing that the most important thing I can do is be a pastor, then somebody knock me upside the head because I've been there. And I don't want to go back. So, but now let's, you know, so the church is, grows and, and, and starts spreading. In fact, God, you know, in, stayed in Jerusalem for a long time. You know, baby stays home and doesn't venture out. But eventually, by, God pushes them out. Uh, some some uh, persecution comes, and so they start getting scattered out. And, and, and the church starts growing. People start sharing the good news in Galatia and Corinth and Rome and Ephesus and even into Greece. And, and all this time, it's... It's growing and, and time's going by and because they stay on track with, with what, what the Word of God says and they keep sharing the good news and loving each other well, uh, it, it's, doing, it's just growing in, in wonderful ways, spreading out throughout the world. So now we move up to uh, the 30-year-old church and, and Paul's writing to, a, to this, this church that now is 30 years old. And, and just to, so you see this analogy, he stays with his analogies. He writes to the Ephesus church. He says, Here, here's what we don't want to do. We don't, we don't want to stay infants. So we, we want to grow. You know, infants, we want to mature. We don't want to be tossed back and forth because we haven't grown by all these different teachings and, and men who come that uh, are, are, have wrong ideas like dumb pastors who think they should be CEOs. And, and so we want to protect ourselves from that. We need to make sure that, that we are on the right track as, as, as we move forward as a church so that we can be healthy and, 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 and God can continue to build it up. So, so what does a 30-year-old church need to be doing to stay healthy? Same thing. Paul says... Here's what you need to be doing as church. Prepare God's people for works of serving. Serve each other. Minister to each other. Love each other. That the body of Christ may build, be built up, be unified. Uh, as we reach unity in the truth and the knowledge of the word of God, study, the, study that scripture. And, and, and because of that, you grow together and you look like Christ. It's the same thing. And so we can't lose track of those things. Yeah, we'll have to adapt different things just because of the ministry, but we can't lose track of our core values. And In fact, uh, he ends up that section by saying, From him, Christ, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament, as, we, as we're the body. We support and grow together and lift each other up and build itself up in love as each part does its work. In fact, that's where we're going next because we're going to key off of our core value of serve because that's so much a part. In fact, remember that verse we looked, as we look back a few moments, that's where he starts. He says, start by serving each other. So we're going to, we're going to spend some time talking about something that's so cool. And a lot of you know this, but in case you don't, when you accepted that gift of forgiveness and restoration of that relationship with God, you know that the Bible says at that very moment, the Holy Spirit came to live within you and and at that moment, he gave you a special gift, maybe even more than one. And let me tell you about this gift. And some of you, 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 you know about that, but you don't know what yours is. And we're going to talk about all these kind of things. But let me tell you about this gift. 
once you use that gift or those gifts, it's the most amazing experience because you will see God do stuff through you that you never dreamed possible. Now, that's not always in huge things. Sometimes it's very small things that have such a powerful impact and are so obviously from God that you walk away from it just relishing and shaking your head and saying, thank you, God, for letting me be a part of that. So we want to talk about those gifts. Our net, we're going to move into a new series, Lord willing, next week called Gifted because that's what you are. You're gifted. And I want us to think through that. What does that mean and, and what does it look like? And, and how, how do I apply it to my life because it's so important. But let me go back to that first gift in case, just in case, there's someone here who didn't know it was a gift in the first place. That gift of God adopting you into his family, making you a part of the body of Christ. So you can be a part of that, caring and loving each other and, and watching out for each other and learning together because he wants you to be a part of his family. He wants to adopt you as his very own child. He wants to restore the relationship that was broken way back in the Garden of Eve and, and on to this day. He wants to forgive you and I of all of our sins. That's his promise. It's a gift, nothing. You just have to accept it. So if you haven't, and, and you know what? If God wants you to be a part of True North, then I would love that to be the case. But that's really not the big deal here. The big deal here is to become part of God's family. So if you've never accepted that gift of forgiveness, God's saying to you right now, I want, if you'll just let me, I want to forgive you, past, present, and future, all those things that broke our relationship, I'm going to wipe this slate clean. And you're going to become my child. And, and that means I will be with you starting today, Every step, of, I, will, I will always be there. In fact, right up until someday, I'm going to take you home. You think this is home? No, I got a much better place for you. I'm going to take you there someday to be with me forever. And So if you haven't made that decision, start there. If you need to talk more about that, I would love. I'd answer. You can ask any question you want. There's no such thing as a dumb question, especially when it comes to this matter. But start there and then church... Let's not lose track. Days ahead as God continues to cause us to, to grow spiritually and our love for each other, let's not lose track of these things that keep us healthy. Because we have an enemy that I guarantee you is going to try to get us off track. So let's pray and serve and minister together. Father, thank you for this opportunity to regroup, to revisit these things that are so important to the health of your people. Lord, because that's what we want. We want to, we want to, we want to be your church. We don't, we don't want to get our own things in there and mess things up. We want to stay on track. So thank you for this chance to revisit our core values. And, and we do, we really believe they come sourced out of your word because if they don't, then then we're already off track. So keep us where we need to be as a church so that we can please you and serve you and bring others into a relationship with you. Pray these things in your son's name. Amen. with me. I stand amazed. I stand amazed.